welcome, welcome back to the Geriatric Mama podcast. My name is Ashley Bailey Farley. I'm your host, but you can call me the Geriatric Mama. I am so excited to have you here today, but of course, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my homegirl and producer, Claire. How are you doing today? Hey, Ashley, I'm doing great. I am so, so pumped for everybody to hear the interview that we're about to drop. It was in, It was amazing. It's such a good interview. It's actually with my cousin slash big sister, Bianca. She is so wonderful. Actually, she's going to kill me for saying this, but I started shaving my legs because of her because she's a couple <laughs> years older than me. We're in that older millennial group. Oh, and I, I saw that. her shaving one day. So I was like, I'm going to shave it now. I'm a nice. life shaver because of my cousin, Bianca. But Listen. she gives a great advice that has really, really great insight into what it's like to be a geriatric mama and balancing your life and your career and being prepared for the unexpected when it comes to pregnancy. So I think we should just jump into it. Let's just get right Absolutely. into this interview. Um, Let's do it. Check it out and enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome. I am here today with my cousin Bianca. I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome, welcome, and thank you for being here. It is a pleasure. I'm very excited to be here. Bianca is like my cousin that's like my slash older sister because I go to her for just about everything and anything that pops up in my head. I'm like, what do you think about this? And she's just like, Also, she's the cousin that I would drunk dial in college when I was completely wasted. Like, I love you so much. (laughs) You're the best. (laughs) So I thought it was very very appropriate to have her on this show um, to help me get through all my irrational fears and uh, maybe shed a little light for other geriatric mamas out there who are maybe going back and forth and beating themselves up a little bit about why they waited to, you know, have a baby. And there's so many legit reasons. Um, My cousin, Bianca, is um, a news uh, producer, business news producer. And I've always admired your tenacity with your career. Um, Can you give us just a little bit of a breakdown of what you do? So I am um, a business news producer for an international agency. And uh, basically, I do everything from sort of breaking news on Capitol Hill, economic news, um, to what's happening on Wall Street. But then sort of my favorite part of the job is doing feature stories that involve the business community. So, for example, we, you know, have been uh, featuring Black-owned businesses. So Mm. we've been able to talk to some pretty amazing uh, business owners and talk to them about, you know, how the pandemic has affected them and how the uh, racial justice movement is affecting, you know, their sort of social commitments and that sort of thing. So that's my favorite part of the job. That's amazing. I think she has the most legit career of anyone in my circle. <laughs> I mean, sir, absolutely. That's amazing. Um, so this is something that you're one of the people that I know that have had a very specific goal with their career. And this is something that you've essentially been pursuing since you left college, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess if I'm honest, probably before I left college, like even though I couldn't put a name to it, I knew that I wanted to write. I knew that I wanted to tell stories Mm -hmm. and maybe it didn't come sort of in the format that I thought it would, but Mm -hmm. it is sort of the thing that I've been preparing for. So in that pursuit, which I'm sure for you to be where you are now, there's just a really large amount of dedication that had to go into it. Would you say that because of your dedication to your career, you maybe delayed getting 
pregnant or did, maybe you just didn't have that motherly instinct and that's why you chose to wait a little bit longer? I think it was a little bit of both. I wanted to see where my career would go. And that that conversation, at least in my head, kind of evolved, not so much where my career would go, but how far I wanted to go, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I just didn't feel motherly. Like I had a lot of friends who, you know, had babies sort of mid 20s. And I was just like, yeah, this is not my style. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like the idea of not being able to just pop out on a moment's notice. Yeah. And that was part of my career early on. It was hey, we need you to go cover this press conference. Hey, we need you to go cover this event, this three-day speaking tour. So, um, yeah, I didn't like, I wasn't ready to give that up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like I'm sort of in the, well, now I'm at the point where it's like, it's time to get it done or maybe not get it done at all. (laughs) But (laughs) I feel like I have this sort of strange career where it's like, Half of it is very corporate oriented and the other half is very um, pursuing my artistic endeavors. So it's always been sort of split and there have just never seemed to be a place for a child within that. Um, one, because whenever I'm really pursuing my own artistic endeavors, there's just not a lot of money in that, you know? So financial stability was one thing. And then when I'm really focused on my corporate life, like you said, you're just focusing so much on building your career that the idea of a child doesn't even really appear. It, it doesn't even seem like a factor at that point. But I feel like there's so many women who are going through the same thing. They're, you know, very serious about their careers, um, their lifestyles, and children don't fit into that maybe in their 20s and maybe even their early 30s. Um But here with the Geriatric Mama, we just want to let women know and hopefully open up a community where all of the reasons behind not having a child a little bit earlier in life are totally acceptable. So we talked about career, but what about the idea of just wanting a partner? I have so many friends who are in my age range who just don't have a partner. And that's a major reason why they don't, you know, have children yet. I have sort of the same thing going on right now. I have friends who you know, sort of mid forties. And they're like, man, I I really want to have a baby. You know, Mm -hmm. I I want to carry on my family's legacy, but they're not married. What I'm finding is a lot of them or with anybody long-term for that matter. And Mm -hmm. what I'm finding is a lot of them are getting quite bold and just saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to do this by myself. I can Mm -hmm. do this. And, you know, they're going through the um, IUI process and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think that we, it's sort of a old school way of thinking that you have to be married or, you know, have a partner Mm -hmm. to venture into motherhood. And women, we're capable of anything. Is it perhaps easier when you have a partner? Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that it's, uh, you can't do it just because you don't have someone there with you. And really, definitely not the only way to do it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then just having a community around you, you know, whether that be uh, parents, siblings, uh, your best friends, just having a community around you makes it a little bit easier than saying, oh, I need a partner to get this done. Mm -hmm. I I think another part of it is lifestyle. For me, this was a big one. Um, And I know you touched on it a little bit. Um, I like to go out and get dressed up and party and go dancing <laughs> and, and yeah. travel and 
and I, drunk dial your cousin or whatever it is. Yeah, and drunk <laughs> dial my cousin. I genuinely enjoy doing those things. And there's just no way that a baby, you know, at the time really fit into that. And as I'm looking to, you know, go into motherhood, I'm kind of scared of how life will change once that happens. It's just like, how do you still have fun <laughs> when you're pregnant? Or after the fact, when you have a, a baby, do you feel like that's something sort of, is that realistic? Am I just being irrational? Well, <laughs> I think that was the answer, right? <laughs> no, I, I think that a support system, you touched on it earlier, a support system is crucial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have, you know, whether it's friends or family who will understand your need to maintain up that part of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's who you've been all this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when another little person comes into the picture, of course you'll do things differently, but I'm, I'm kind of of this mindset that you shouldn't have to abandon who you were mm-hmm. unless you want to, you know, if you want to, then that's your business, but yeah. <laughs> um, you shouldn't have to abandon who, you know, the, the person that you like, Mm-hmm. I'm sure you you like yourself like that. So, yeah. Um, But having, you know, friends and family who, you know, won't judge or whatever when mm-hmm. you want to go out and kick it for a night. Yeah. You know, I, I think somebody, that's important. I wish somebody would judge me because I want to go out for a night after <laughs> pushing out a human. If I want to go get a glass of wine or a martini. If you judge me, you're out the circle. Like, what were you, what were you doing there in the first place? Um, I think the other one, which we um, touched on a little bit, is just the motherly instinct. I know that um, I talked about a little bit before, but I didn't really have the motherly instinct until Noah, my brother, died, and I kind of had to, you know, step into this role of being a parent to his children, which, you know, is sort of like virtually now, but soon we'll all be together. And me and Justin will be, you know, not having our own kids yet, but we'll be parents. And that um, just kind of just being there for them and seeing their growth and just looking in their little faces, it really kind of kicked in that, oh, maybe I do want to be a mother. Maybe this is something that I can do. Do you kind of remember when your motherly instinct kicked in, did it kick in or did it just kind of, you know, you're like, oh, I'm having a baby. So here we go. (laughs) No, uh, I can remember sort of, I don't remember the exact year, but Mm -hmm. I remember the exact moment. Mm -hmm. My brother had been living in Germany with his family, Mm -hmm. but when they came back home and they were trying to adjust, you know, to the new classroom, the new, just sort of new life, Mm -hmm. living in Germany and living in Orlando, Florida are two very different things. Mm. And, you know, just trying to sort of coach them through that process Mm -hmm. made me go, you know what? They are pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And if I can do this and they didn't break, then I might be able to have one of my own and I won't break that one either. (laughs) So... Yeah. It's like when you have those, and and let me tell you, I've kind of avoided interactions with kids, period. Like (laughs) I've said before, I think I've maybe changed maybe two or three diapers in my entire Mm -hmm. life. And I'm not even completely (laughs) sure about that number. When my friends have kids, I don't know how to do like that kid chat where you're like, Hey, what are you working on? No, I don't know how to do that. I get very awkward around kids and I just want to run and hide. 
Um, I will tell you, I had a similar moment actually with your niece and nephew. Um, when I yes, when I first met them, and Noah was like, "Oh, you can hold her," and I was like, "Oh no, thank you, no, no, no." And this was even after you know I sort of had my my revelation with with my own niece and nephew. I was just like, "Yeah, maybe not." He was like, "You you can hold her. She's fine. She's completely fine." I was like, "Oh no, thanks. I'm I'm good on this. Like I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do." Yes. I just I'm end good. up holding them and like kind of like bouncing them in the air, like, <laughs> oh, this is fun. With them stretched out in front yeah, of Yeah, like oh. a little starfish. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, I love this because these are all very legitimate reasons why women choose to delay their pregnancies and end up becoming geriatric mamas. And there's nothing wrong with that. These are life decisions. You shouldn't feel rushed into any of these things. We also shouldn't be beating ourselves up because we did choose to wait. And I feel like, you know, in my experience with talking to other geriatric mamas, there's a level of shame that comes with it. Like, oh, I, you know, I might be, uh, you know, being selfish. I'm not going to have a healthy pregnancy. Um, it's too late for me. And these are ideas that we want to sort of get rid of and be empowered by the fact that we made the choice to wait and there's power in that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is not 1955. Let's right? be honest. Our our lifespans are a lot longer. Mm-hmm. We're healthier and we have, you know, full agency over our bodies and, you know, what it is that we want to be about. So just the idea that you can make that choice. Absolutely. Nobody is making that choice for you. That's something to be proud of. A hundred percent. And there's so many logistical reasons or, you know, things in our society, um, especially when we're dealing with women who are pursuing their careers um, that just make it harder, you know? So I was doing a little research because I knew we were going to be dealing with the business news producer. So <laughs> I did a little research and um, I found that the U.S. Labor Department um, in 2018 said nearly 58% of women were in the labor workforce. That's a lot of women. But when you're dealing with things like the pay gap, when you're dealing with things like childcare, that I, I don't even know how much that costs. I, I think it can be like a thousand dollars, like thousands of dollars for childcare, right? Yeah. Um, and then things just having like decent maternity leave. You know, these are also reasons that are sort of outside of our control as women that also keep us from wanting to pursue motherhood a little bit earlier in life, would you say that um, any of those things sort of, you know, impacted you or is that just sort of like a general thing that affects all women? So I have sort of two thoughts on that. Uh, Coming from the producer standpoint, Mm -hmm. that's a story that I've been working on pretty much every month. The number of women who left the, the workforce during COVID is mm-hmm. a scary, scary number. Mm-hmm. Why are they leaving? Because they can't find childcare. Mm-hmm. And why can't they find childcare? Because childcare in the U.S. is more than one third of a woman's income. Oh my oh. god! Third. Oh my god! <laughs> Average amount of childcare. <laughs> so oh. you know, you're telling somebody to you know, you know, either go work a job where they're working ten or twelve hours a day. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, they can only uh, and say they can't afford childcare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daycare facilities are only open from like nine to five. So, yeah, you know, right. you're working till eight o'clock. Then what do you do? Mm-hmm. And then further, you have the mom who might be working a minimum wage job, still working that same amount of time. And they can't afford that. You know, mm-hmm. they can't 
it it doesn't make financial sense. Mm-hmm. So the system in this country, I mean, as with other countries, is is pretty messed up when it comes to how they treat parents. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I will say from a, a personal standpoint, you know, while I feel pretty financially secure at this point in my life. Um, I mean, I know that it could all go away in a in an instant. So I'm very thankful for where I am and the stability that I have. Well, we love a financially um, stable queen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I think, you know, the thing that stressed me out when I was pregnant was I did not have any maternity leave. There was hmm. no such thing as maternity leave. What? And in the U.S., uh, unless you work for the federal government, a company is not required to give you paid maternity leave. Oh, my God. They can tell you, yeah, of, of course you can take that time off. You have family leave. But they're not required to give you paid maternity leave. And some places, um, you know, the best you might get, or I, I believe sort of the average that you might get would be two thirds of your salary for maybe four weeks. And I can oh. tell you four weeks after having a baby, you are not ready to go back to work. No. Unless you are loaded and you have, you know, resources out to yin yang. Like yeah. you're, just, you're not ready. But even I would imagine That's your downstairs insane. alone is not ready to go back to work. Yeah. Like the, the, Girlfriend is yes. ready. Ooh. Six weeks. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So a, I think I was covered for maybe six weeks. I think I got like two thirds of my pay. And then after that, I had to start using vacation time. Oh. I had to, you know, you really have to plan to have money saved up. And mm-hmm. in some places you don't earn vacation time if you're not working. Yeah. So that, yeah. that just seems so unfair. I don't even know how else to describe the fact that you would have to use your vacation days so that you can take care of your baby. Like in an ideal world, um, like how long do you wish you would have had with maternity leave? So the unique perspective that I have on that right now is because of COVID. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, ideally I wish that I had six solid months. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason I'm saying because of COVID now I have sort of a clear picture of that is I think I got maybe you know, through my savings and that sort of stuff, I was able to take four months off with my daughter. Okay. But because of COVID, her school closed. Mm-hmm. Right. So she was at home for a pretty, a pretty good chunk of time. Yeah. And so that let me know that, okay, six months is probably a good mm-hmm. cutoff point where, you know, your kid is aware, your kid knows you and, mm-hmm. you know, they'll miss you when you're gone, but they probably won't freak out too much. You know, it's, mm. it's sort of, I think six months is was a good cutoff to me. Was it hard for you when you had to like put her in daycare? So, um, simple answer. Yes. Mm -hmm. She didn't go to daycare until she was 18 months. Okay. Um, and that was hard. Like I took the day off and everything and I wanted to stay with her and they were very much of the mindset that you dropped them. You tell them that you're leaving, you tell them that you'll be back, but don't linger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was really, really hard for me. And so I was like calling during nap time and calling during nap time to make sure, <laughs> sure. she was okay. Oh um, my gosh. But when I went back to work, um, we had uh, my husband's mom would come over, but then also we hired this really lovely lady who 
at this point, I look at her as my daughter's sort of third grandmother. She Mm -hmm. stayed with us or not stayed with us, but she came over, you know, um, four days out the week, three or four days out the week and just loved my daughter like she was hers. Mm -hmm. So got very lucky in that that mm-hmm. regard. So I never felt too sad when I went to work or anything yeah. like that when she was here. Um, one thing that would happen is when I would come back home, my daughter would be like, oh, you're here? Okay, bye. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going back to play with my friends. Oh, yeah, no. she's like, I've got business I'm taking care of. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, that's the motherhood side of the conversation. Yeah. But yeah, um, but yes, I think six months is probably, to me, was a good time to mm-hmm. be away learn this new person in your life and, you know, not get too hungry for the outside world. It was just, just enough time. Yeah. So when I went back to work, I was sort of ready. Wow. The fact that that's just not available easily to women. And I know that even paternity leave is something that's coming up um, a little bit more um, because babies need to bond with their parents, you know? Mm-hmm. And the fact that the country is set up where, you going to your job, you know, and working, you know, for the economy is more important than spending that time with your children is, you know, it's like, it's going to affect the generations to come, you know, and uh, it's just not a priority. And that really sucks. And it, it's even harder on women. And, um, you know, when you're a geriatric mama, we talked about all the different risks that go into that. Having that time afterwards to heal physically, you also need that time to heal, it seems, emotionally and mentally, too, before you can really get out there. Like, to me, childbirth and labor is traumatic. It's like a trauma. So I'm going to need some time to bounce back from that. I'm scared. Um, (laughs) That is fair to say. And I think that even if you have a picture perfect pregnancy, a, you know, um, your delivery goes exactly according to your birth plan. It's a physical trauma. Mm. And then imagine if your delivery doesn't go according to your birth plan. Mm -hmm. That's something emotionally that you have to deal with. I will say this not to freak anybody out. I, my very unscientific experience, Mm -hmm. um, most of the time your pregnancy or not your pregnancy, your pregnancy usually goes fine. Your delivery does not go according to your plan. Mm, yeah. I would say most of my friends who, you know, ha- have had babies recently and it wasn't, it, that doesn't necessarily mean they had to have a C-section or anything like that, but mm-hmm. it just means that, you know, they said, Oh, you know, I'm going to be surrounded by candles and music and I'm going <laughs> to blah, 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 blah. And then your baby decides, Hey, you know what? I was due on the 15th, but I think I'm going to come on the first, you know, so it's, it's little things like that could happen to all the way to, you know, Hey, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to need to go in there and get your baby because she's not coming out. That was my guess. That's intense. And you did freak me out. So thank you. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) It's definitely not meant to freak you out, but Mm -hmm. it's just to, to let you know that I think, when you are preparing to have a baby, I mean, obviously, if you're a planner, you're going to, you know, plan every single detail, but you just have to know that at some point you're going to have to cede some of that control. Absolutely. We were just talking about that. My therapist apparently thinks, no, my therapist told me that 
I definitely have control issues. I try to control everything. And I, I'm, you know, I'm coming to terms with the fact that when I do get pregnant and go on this journey, uh, I don't even know how much of it I have control over, you know, maybe just like my health and what I'm eating and working out, but the baby's going to do what the baby's going to do. And that's, uh, that's tough. (laughs) Yeah. But reality, right? That is, yeah, very accurate. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You can only control you even when that little person is attached to you, mm-hmm. you can't control anything that they're going to do in there, you know? That's true. Uh-oh. That is so true. Okay. So now it's time for some of my petty questions. Are you ready? Hit me. All right. So th- there's a little rumor that there's a hormone that makes you forget the pain of childbirth after you deliver. So do you remember childbirth? <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing. I had heard that little rumor before, and I think it's something that they, they tell you so that you are not freaked out. I think it's true. Um, but I remember that rumor and part of me also having control issues and part of me also wanting to produce every single element of my life. <laughs> when I was going through the delivery process, I had a C-section. And when, uh, you know, they started working on it down there. I said, you know what? I'm high out of my mind right now, but I'm going to just remember this one thing. I'm just going to remember this one thing and that will describe what it was like for me. Mm -hmm. So while I don't, you know how sometimes you can like remember a feeling like how something felt. Yeah. I don't remember how it felt per se, but I can remember how I described it in that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, Well, you're very intentional with it. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I tried to plan out. Like I, I, I didn't have control over this, this, and this. So I'm gonna remember this one little phrase, mm-hmm. and that will describe what it felt like for me. Mm. How long did um, it take you to sort of, you know, get up on your feet and things like that after a C-section? Uh, so I, they have you uh, sort of on very limited duty. Like you barely need to pick up your baby when you have a C-section. Mm-hmm. Like they have you on that for like about eight weeks. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And the thing that they don't tell you, or at least that I didn't know, is you are so full of um, like, you know, fluid, like the IV and stuff like that. Sure. That eventually your extremities swell up very oh. badly. Oh, no. Um, and so that's so. So if you are inclined to move around a lot. hmm that swelling will probably stop you from moving. Mm. Oh no. But look at you, you did it and you're here and you're such a boss. Um, I love that. Okay. Next question. Is it true you pee on yourself a lot during and after pregnancy? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I don't think I peed on myself during pregnancy. I I mean, I had to pee a whole lot all the time. (laughs) Um, Kind of the gift and the curse. My Mm -hmm. uh, desk, was right by the bathroom. Oh, so nice. That helped a lot. Um, but no, I didn't didn't pee on myself during pregnancy or after. I have this friend, every time she would laugh while she was pregnant, she'd pee on herself. And I'm just like, girl, mm-hmm. what is going on with you? <laughs> yep. The struggle, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you both know me fairly well. My mother-in-law is like so big on natural childbirth. And... Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. I get why people do it, 
But I think I'm sort of an epidural girl, you know, like strap me down before I even get to the hospital. <laughs> strap you down. <laughs> and just pump it in there because I don't want to feel anything. Like, what are your thoughts on natural versus an epidural? It doesn't make you any less of a mother, or any less of a woman if you decide you want to have an epidural. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make you absent from the experience. And that's something that I think I had to tell myself also regarding a Mm C-section. Having a C-section does not make you any less of a mom. Mm -hmm. I struggled a whole lot with saying I gave birth um, Mm -hmm. after my daughter was born because I'm like, but I didn't do it. I didn't push her out. But it's like you grew her and she's Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Absolutely. So that doesn't make you any less, any less of a woman, you know, by saying, hey, I, I'm going to need a little help with this one. I'm going to yeah. need to be numb, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm glad you yeah. brought that up because I know um, in talking to Justin, my plan is the idea of a C-section just terrifies me. Um, but I understand that there may be a situation where it just has to happen for my safety or the safety of the child. Um, did you have a conversation with your doctor where you were like, I don't really want to do this or was it just, this needs to be done and that's just it. So my doctor was a very, very low key, soft spoken woman. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was a boss. She was very (laughs) thorough, Mm -hmm. but she was super low key. So, um, I was due on July 18th. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how much you know about sort of just the process, but mm-hmm. as you get closer, you start going to the doctor every week. Mm-hmm. And as I was going to the doctor every week, she was saying, yeah, you're not dilated. This is, yeah, you're you're not there yet. Mm-hmm. And then, so anyway, I went to the doctor on 17th, same thing, wasn't dilated, went on the 18th, um, still nothing. And she said, okay, you're going to need to come back again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So when I came back in, long story short, my mom is in there and she's like saying, you know, um, why don't you go have a, a nice lunch and then just come meet me at the hospital? <laughs> and then I'm like, um, OK, then. Mm-hmm. And so she goes, you know. And I, I missed all of this, but apparently she said, hey, you know, we're going to try to induce you. But, you know we don't know what's going to happen because you're not dilated. So that mm-hmm. might be a lengthy process. Get to the hospital and she's just like, yeah, um, we can't even start giving you the drugs that will really get the show on the road um, mm-hmm. because your baby's heart rate is all over the place mm-hmm. and you're losing fluid. So, and again, she's saying this like, uh, today is Friday and uh, um, it's Memorial Day. She's oh saying it gosh. just very, very easygoing, yeah. you know, tone. And she goes, you know, why don't you go ahead and just get dressed for me? I think we're going to take you down for a C-section. Oh, wow. Because there's, we can't, we can't do this with her heart rate going like this. Wow. Oh, wow. So then <laughs> did you have to call like your husband and say, get over here? And you said auntie so was he, there? <laughs> Yeah, she was here. My mom was here. Of course she was. (laughs) And my husband had gone down to the car, Mm -hmm. like just from that initial sort of check in at the hospital to, you know, her having this conversation with me. He had gone down to the car to get something to eat. Oh, no. And by the time he got back up to the room, I was already in sort of the sterile section of the hospital in the room where they were going to perform the C-section. 
So it was a really quick sort of thing. It was quick and she was calm. So you didn't have a whole lot of time to process it. Yeah. And there leading up to that, the thought of a C-section just had never occurred to you. It was just like, in this moment, this is a step that we need to take. Yep. It never, not something that ever crossed my mind. Oh my God. So that really speaks to what you were saying earlier. Like you can have a birth plan, but whatever is going to happen is going to happen. happen. Mm -hmm. You just got to go with the flow. Yeah. I have a really good friend who, you know, she had a whole birth plan and she had met with a doula and the doula was going to be in there with her and everything. Mm -hmm. She went for a checkup and they were like, no, we need to do this now. We need you to go Whoa. to the hospital. Oh my and then they were like, okay, we're going to just keep you here. And we're going to try to keep you on bed rest. And then yeah. it was like, no, that's not the best idea. Oh so she goodness. ended up like, I mean, her doula, you know, stuck around, but yeah. she couldn't really do anything. She couldn't really set that scene that she had in mind. Oh you know? So you have to be flexible when you're like going into that last trimester because it's real whatever the universe has for you that's what's (laughs) that's what's gonna happen and that's why i was saying um like i've said before and people are usually shocked by it like Mm -hmm. i didn't read a whole lot of stuff Mm -hmm. um during my pregnancy maybe somewhere in the back of my mind i knew that it wasn't going to you know go exactly according to plan but Mm -hmm. i didn't read a whole lot of this is what's going to happen when, you know, in this month at this time. Yeah. Um, and maybe that, maybe that was a good thing, you know? Yeah. Cause you like program yourself to think a certain thing and then that doesn't happen. And with me and my anxiety, I don't want to, I'm already going to be anxious. I don't want to add on to it with thinking I know what's going to happen and completely freaking out if it doesn't happen mm-hmm. that way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the things that women go through. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I have a fun question. What was your biggest craving when you were pregnant? Sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Sauce on everything? Um, So I'm I'm a good old Chicago girl Mm -hmm. forever and always. And um, I, you know, love Chicago style pizza. I know most Mm -hmm. people don't think it's pizza. They think it's pie and Mm -hmm. they have sauce on top and it's weird, blah, blah, blah. I like sauce. I liked it before I was pregnant. And then when I got pregnant, I probably had some sort of marinara sauce every day. On something, just just, anything. (laughs) Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, it would make sense. It wouldn't be some marinara sauce on ice cream or anything. It would be pasta (laughs) or pizza or, or, you know, whatever. Um, I thought you were going to say the Chicago mild sauce that we put on like chicken and fries you know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about, that tangy sauce. Ugh. Yeah, like tangy, thick, but not chunky mm-hmm. pizza sauce. Yeah. And I will tell you my last couple weeks at work, I should probably be embarrassed of this. <laughs> I would, um, so I would, I didn't have to be at work until like noon. Mm-hmm. When I was in my Uber, I would be pulling up Uber Eats so that I could order a pizza with extra sauce yes. to greet me at the front door at <laughs> yes. work. When I got there. And I think I probably did that like every other day for two weeks. I love it. That's amazing. (laughs) How long did you work? Um, Like what point were you when you decided that I'm going to stay home now? So again, because the maternity leave situation was a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went into the office every day until June 30th. Uh 
And I can remember on June 30th saying, like I was on the Metro crying, like, I can't do this. This is too much. And I felt so weak and so pitiful. Mm. Like, are you kidding? What do you mean you can't do this? People do this all the time. Yeah. But I cried and and I'm not a crier. Mm -hmm. So that was weird for me. I cried and I cried and I cried. And I asked my boss if it was okay that I just, I wanted to keep working, but Mm -hmm. could I work from home? Yeah. So I worked from home until July 14th. Oh, wow. Friday, July 14th. My daughter came on Wednesday, July 19th. Oh my gosh. I mean, you worked up right until the very end though. That's... Yep. That's still so no nesting, no nothing. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. Oh my gosh. Women are so powerful. This conversation, I feel true. so inspired. It's just like whatever we put our minds to, we can totally do it. And it's so much better when we have a community, which is what we're really trying to build here with the geriatric model, where we can just, you know, go to people and say, How did you deal with this? And you know, knowing that all of our journeys are completely unique. Um, Mm -hmm. but just being able to have someone or a group of women that have been there or have some sort of advice, it's such a, I mean, for me, because I'm completely terrified of the whole thing, it just, it makes me feel so much better. Do you feel like you had a little community throughout all of this? I did. So, um, my mom was sort of my biggest supporter, cheerleader in Mm -hmm. all of it, even though she was in Florida and I was yeah. Um. Here in Maryland, she, you know, would text me every day, call every day. You know, I would send her pictures and she was, you know, sort of rooting me on. And, uh-huh. and oddly, she wasn't she didn't have a whole lot of she didn't say a whole lot of things that scared me or that stressed me out or uh-huh. anything like that. And That's then um, my two like closest friends. Um, I actually work with them and we all sat side by side Mm -hmm. and we were in different sort of phases of life. Um, One had a child um, like uh, she was maybe about three or four years old. The other one really wanted to have a baby. And so we all just kind of we were in just slightly different stages. But, you know, we were all kind of rooting each other on through Mm -hmm. that whole process of, you know, being pregnant, raising a child, wanting to be pregnant. Yeah, so, yeah, so I, I did have a community. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. I, I'm just like gushing over you right now. You're like <laughs> a superwoman. It's such an <laughs> incredible you? story, truly. Like, thank yeah. you so much for sharing all of that. Absolutely. Oh, it was and, fun to kind of remember all of that. Right? <laughs> Do you have any sort of general advice for other geriatric mamas out there who might be beating themselves up for delaying pregnancy or, you know, anyone that's just sort of entering this journey now for themselves. Be kind to yourself. Mm. You're doing the best you can. Mm -hmm. You're doing what you think is right for you. Um, And I guess sort of on a similar note, don't compare your journey to anybody else's. Mm -hmm. Everybody's, you know, sort of, journey to motherhood is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the last thing is when you get there, enjoy the ride. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be a wild one. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> a wild ride indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Bianca, for joining yes. us and being on the show with all of your advice and, you know, entertaining my ridiculous questions. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> And we're definitely going to have to have you back as our 
show oh progresses because you were just a wealth of knowledge. Sounds like a great time. It was, it was a lot of fun. Oh my God. How good was that interview? Oh my gosh. I, well, I mean, first of all, she is the definition of a lady boss. Oh my gosh. So inspirational. Um, total boss. Total boss. Oh yeah. My you gosh. know what? Not even just yeah. lady boss, just boss. I, I take that back yeah, because you know boss. what? We can just be bosses. We don't have to put the moniker of lady before that. So shame on me. Yeah. But <laughs> hey, it's okay. It's you know okay. what? When you are, you know, rocking out your career mm-hmm. and you are pregnant, I mean, when she talked about being on the Metro and just feeling Ugh. weak, I, I got teary eyed because it's just, I know that feeling, not that specific feeling, but that feeling just pushing yourself to the point where you're like, I don't think I can go anymore. Like I have right. to take this moment to just take care of myself and I have to make the hard decision, which was in her case, having to say, look, I need to work from home mm-hmm. um, at this point, you know, which, you know, when you work so hard on your career, the last thing you want to do is appear weak in any kind of way, even though there's no weakness in anything that she did. And then after all that, to be surprised by the fact that you're going to have to have a Mm C-section, you know, and that wasn't your birth plan and not even on your radar in the first place, you know, it's, it's a lot and she did it. And I think it just shows that we can all do it, you know? Absolutely. And one thing that in particular that really struck me that I never once considered was the fact that she she was uncomfortable saying that she's given birth because she had a C-section and in my brain I thought I mm. never would have th- I I've I've never thought that. I never would have discredited a yeah. woman for not giving birth because they had a C- you're still absolutely giving birth. It's just in a different method. Yeah. And I'm so glad she said something. Absolutely. And it's the way that. we beat ourselves up. It's yeah. like all these things that we do to ourselves, but a lot of that comes from the world around us, you know? Mm. Um, like you were saying, just like when we see social media and we see movies and TV shows and we think that's the way it's supposed to be. And if it's not that way, then there's something wrong. It's just not the truth. This mm-hmm. is a very specific journey for all of us. And however we get to, you know, from point A to point B, that's mm-hmm. totally fine. And there should be no shame in any of that. No, absolutely no shame. I do have a fun question for you though, Ashley. Yeah. What's Are up? you ready? So I was thinking about, yeah. you know, how, I mean, both you and I love to really plan things out. And I know that, yes. you know, you didn't ever think you were going to plan your pregnancy. You thought it was going to be a little whoopsie daisy. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to your birth plan, this is my real question for you. On the day yeah. of delivery, what's your birthing playlist going to look like? My playlist? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I never even thought about that. Oh, I feel nice. like when I'm in pain, <laughs> when I have a pain and like I'm trying to get through it, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear a voice. <laughs> I don't want to hear the wind. You want pure want silence. The complete, complete <laughs> silence so I can work this shit out for myself. Oh my God. So the idea, I feel like if I play like my favorite artists, like, you know, Rihanna, Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, if I hear that and I'm in pain, I'm like, turn that shit off right <laughs> now. I need to get through this in silence. So I don't think I have a playlist. You won't have a playlist? I'll tell Justin. I'll be like, Justin, just bring in white noise. 
and that's it. A white noise yeah. machine or or just tell everyone they can't yes. say a thing. Yeah, because <laughs> as soon as I hear something, I'm going to be ready to rip somebody's head off. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about you? What would be on your playlist? Oh, mine would be full Earth Mother Goddess. I'm talking Stevie Nicks. I've got to have my Stevie <laughs> Nicks going. I want to feel my like practical <laughs> magic moment when I'm going to like slowly birth out this child. Um, I, I will, I, I will, I would like love some candles. Maybe I'll bring in some crystals. I will, I want to yeah, set up. Bring the crystals. I would like love to set up just something a little bit fun. But then honestly, I think I would, I would throw in some jams. I think I would throw in yeah. like maybe a little Casey and Jojo in there. Cause I love me some Casey and Jojo. Mm, some throwbacks. Yeah, yeah. I think I would. And I would put in some like, just some Casey all- and Jojo is why you're having a baby in the first That's place. That's right, playing baby. That music. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. You I better just believe love it. how your, your plan is like this really like, Mother Earth, like <laughs> connecting to the universe, and all I can imagine is I'm just like sweating and just like, uh, like ripping oh, my yeah. face apart and trying not to like choke Justin or something. Sure, but then you're gonna get the epidural. <laughs> I'm also getting the epidural. That's the other thing. Like that's where I draw the line. Yeah. Like I don't need to feel. Without a doubt. Yeah, uh, there's there's no question in my mind that I need to feel the pain of labor. No thanks. I'm good. <laughs> no, I think that as a woman, especially as a woman of color, I felt enough pain. So this one can yeah. just like, we could just sweep that one under the rug. It can Don't be easy breezy for you, Ashley. You deserve to have an easy breezy labor. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to send those vibes right back. Yes. To you, I'm going to send. It's the- true. We deserve that. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. I love that. And there's no shame in that. Just like there's no shame in choosing not to have a child earlier, earlier in your life, you know, it's just like, what is the rush? What are we rushing for? Is it because we feel like we need to meet society's expectations? Is it because we feel like our, our time is up and we'll never be able to, you know, have a kid if we don't do it by a certain age. There's just like this pressure on women. And I just like to say, and I think I can speak for both of us and like, there's no rush. Yep. Do it when you're ready and when it's right for you. Because if you get ahead of that, you're really just bringing more stresses, I think, onto yourself, you know? Absolutely, Ashley. And I think that's definitely, yeah. that's a theme that keeps continuing on throughout our this journey that yeah. we're on. There's power in saying, I'm going to wait until I'm ready to mm-hmm. do this. And uh, that's what a geriatric mama is. She's an empowered mama. That's right. That's right. I love it. Love well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been, oh my God, what an enlightening interview. There's just so oh. much. It's like one that you have to listen to over and over again because there's mm. just so much to get out it's of it. It's jam But we appreciate you joining us. Uh, it is jam-packed and I love it. We're going to have to have Bianca back on um, eventually Absolutely. in our next season or so. Mm. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a crazy, crazy ride. It just continues with all the interviews we got coming up. Um, I think that we're really starting to build the community and hear the stories that we really wanted to. And um, just share that advice that we're getting from all these amazing, empowered women. Um, but if you have any questions or topics that you would like us to hit on, please feel free to message us in our Instagram account, which is the DA underscore geriatric underscore mama M-O-M-M-A 
on Instagram. And from there, you can find a link in the bio for our YouTube page. But go ahead and message us uh, with any questions or topics you would like to hit on. Um, But until then, please remember to take care of yourself, mind, body, and spirit. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.